Hello and welcome to uh, Just Chops in Podcast. There's me and my cousin Dave. And today we've got a special guest, PK Malley. Hey! Hey! Yeah, I'm no relation, by the way. I want to point out, I'm not a cousin. Second cousin. (laughs) A second cousin twice removed. (laughs) Yeah, I'll do. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So how are you, Pete? I'm really well. I'm really well. How are you guys? All good? Yeah, well, uh, maybe I've got a clot on my lung, but... You never know. Oh <laughs> that doesn't sound so good. I'm all right. I'll be the fifth cousin today. <laughs> you have to ask yourself, I know, you have to ask yourself, what would Chris Barris do? He would fight that clot on your lung. I'll tell you now. He would. That's what you have to think. What yeah, would Chris but, uh, Barris do? It's no problem. I'll get an x ray tomorrow. So, uh, that's cool. They'll just check it. It's just like all this pain in my chest. And uh, they tried to look for a heart, but they couldn't find one. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you know it, Pete. Yeah, it's been. I think I first met you at a Wayward Sons tour, and I think it was like it was probably 2017, 2018, when you were there comparing for them on at the Fleece. Yeah, that was weird. That was the weirdest time of my life, and in a lovely way. So it was. It was three years ago, just sort of coming up on Facebook. Yeah. And uh, it was the b- b- most bizarre thing my life has, has changed as, as, as completely since. But I remember that point. I remember getting the message from Toby saying, can you be a main support? And knowing, not, not thinking, knowing it was a joke. I found out my best mate going, yeah, 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 very funny. How'd you get a picture of Toby Jefferson? And how'd you, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And it was just bizarre. I'd been... I'm sure you guys know I'm a big, big Toby fan. That sounds wrong. Toby means something else in Scotland. But um, I was a big Toby fan and big, big Little Angels fans of Cade and saw them up. And so that it was just bizarre. And I had a ticket. I couldn't imagine ever doing a gig with a ticket in my pocket that I bought for the gig that I was doing. I didn't get my money back, by the way. But you know what I mean? So it was strange. But yeah, it was uh, wonderful. What an what experience. What a bit of luck. Uh, I say a bit of luck, and now I've kind of unravelled how it came about. But yeah, yeah, it was it, it was amazing because that yeah, was three years sure. ago. Wow, it was, yeah, yeah, three years ago. Crazy, isn't it? It's really scary, isn't it? Yeah, because I think you did you did you support them in every single gig? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. It, I was part. It was so weird, right? Because now I kind of got more experience with band stuff, so I kind of know that's not normal. I was the main support for every gig. I was in the split of man with them. I was sharing hotel rooms with them. I was hanging out with them. Toby's philosophy and the whole band's, the whole band's philosophy was, you are support, we're doing something different. For this tour, you're part of the band. And it was incredible. And, and I kind of, you know, I'm quite old. And I thought, well, yeah, okay. I've never been on tour with a band. That must be normal. And I actually never realized that's not normal. They're just a really bunch of nice guys. Really, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, it was great. I was. It was an experience that I just think. If you, I just keep thinking. Well, hold on here. This is. I remember just going around in the splitter van with the band, chatting away, thinking, how how did I manage this? It was the scariest moment of my life. Uh, some of the gigs, because but then other times it was just hanging around with a bunch of. And then you forget that they're my heroes, and you forget, and it takes about an hour, and you realise they're just cool blokes. Everyone in that whole team, uh, like Jeff and, and Jeff and Nigel and Cole, are just so cool, lovely blokes that. It's all the all you're doing is you're going from city to city with a bunch of friends. 
That's what it is. Yeah. So what were you actually? Were you like doing a DJ set? Were you doing an Ed Sheeran cover band? No, it's weird, right? So I'm a stand-up comic and that's what I do. And I've been doing, been a stand-up comedian for years and years and years. And I've always, it's this bizarre story ever. I've always found it weird how bands, and I love my music and a big, big rock fan, bands don't have stand-up support acts. I've always, I've, I've always not got it. I've thought, well, hold on. It makes sense to me. It's very little sort of equipment checks. You can... It's you can talk about the band. So for years, I was emailing Wolfsbane saying, "Listen, you guys need a support band," and I was wasn't getting anything back. And I thought, "Oh," so I kind of gave it up on the idea completely. I thought, "Well, I did it." And then I was my last tour. I did my stand-up tour was called uh, "For Those About to Laugh." In the whole, I've done a few. I've done a few UK tours on my own. One was about teaching, and one was just about whatever. But this one was all about defending the music. It was all about being the underdog. And it was all about, I find anyway, that in my life growing up as a kid, I was chatting up girls and they were like, no, you're like Mark the Crew, you're like Poison, you've got a mullet, you're a metaler. And these same girls have now got daughters who shop in Primark and wear Guns N' Roses t-shirts. Yeah, yeah. We fought for this. Do you know what I mean? We earned this. So I did a whole tour about defending why I love rock music. And during this tour, it was really weird because a lot of people come who are not into the music going, actually, do you know what? I'm now going to give Alice Cooper a listen. Or I'm now going to give this band a listen. Now, now we understand. So it was all to do with that. And Toby picked me up on that tour. It was him who said, oh, my God, right. So he said, I love what, you, love what you're doing. I've seen you. It's brilliant. I love it. When he mentioned that stand-up, he said, for the support, he thought, oh, can you send us, can you just quickly send us 20 minute, a 20-minute clip of, yeah, of that, yeah, yeah. that tour? I'm like, dude, I haven't, I've done the tour, right? I haven't got any 20-minute clips. He's like, oh, man, I really want you, but I've got to justify it to everyone else. Can you do it in your living room, just with, like, one or two people watching? I'm like, yeah, so it looked awful. So I did it. And then in fairness, he takes me straight back and said, it's exactly what I needed. Thank you very much, you're in. And it was oh, laughing yeah. at Kiss and laughing at, the, laughing at the music and laughing at the bands, but not laughing at, do you know what? Not laughing at the fans, understanding the fans, yeah, but yeah, laughing yeah. at the ridiculous yeah, yeah. of it. And I think for me anyway, that's part of the fun is, is watching Kiss and going, God, they're crap, but I love them. But yeah, 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 do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. They make me happy, so I don't care yeah, how crap yeah, they are. Yeah. You know, so yeah, as a stand-up, so yeah, that's how I got onto it. It was it was very, very strange. Yeah, but it worked really well because I've been pretty much every gig, with the exception of those I've ever been to, I've always had a you know a, a musical support act. So it was so different for us in the audience as well. And to be fair, you connected so well with everybody in the audience. And it was a bit of banter back and forth, wasn't it? It was brilliant. I so think brilliant. so. And I think the first night I was scared. And I'm not going to lie, I'm, I've never got a pamp chance. I was like, oh, my God, I've never... Because not only have I got a bunch of people standing up, not sitting down, not only isn't it my gig, not only do I not... Be- I fell. I didn't belong there because I shouldn't, I shouldn't have been there. And it was a hard gig. It was a hard room. But all of that combined, then I had m- my heroes literally going... Uh, oh, on you go, go for it. And what I did, I did it for 25 minutes. And then the whole point was, I then introduced the band and they come out. So, and I just thought, oh my God. And, and I was worried because I thought, God, imagine finishing that. And I, I had these things in your head. Imagine Toby coming up to you afterwards and saying, oh man, it didn't work. It was worth a try. Do you know what I mean? That kind yeah, of yeah, conversation yeah, yeah. go through your yeah, head. And yeah. no matter how, how much you want to build yourself up for it, that's what happened. The first night was tough, but it was great. I loved it. It was tough. He, I walked back and Toby just went, yes, it worked. 
and then it got easier and easier and easier. But then I realised the fans, and it's a funny thing, is the case of gone right. The minute they know that you're one of them, that's okay. And it was interesting because the first two or three gigs, I went in because after my bit, why wouldn't I be in the crowd with everyone else? Yeah, yeah, like, of course. Now we do rock yeah. festivals, and now we do compare and like, why wouldn't I be? Back? I don't understand. Why wouldn't I be backstage? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? What I yeah. want to be with everyone else, and. So a few people asked me questions and it was like a test of like, hmm, so what's your favourite Little Angel song? Where did you see Little Angel? And it was like a test yeah, and the minute yeah. they know that you're a fan, it's like, oh, actually, do you know what? Okay, fair enough. It was so weird, but I, I get it. I completely get it. Yeah. yeah. That was cool. That was cool. Yeah, because they are quite diehard fans, aren't they, Little Angels fans? Because I've, I've been yeah. with since 1989, do you know what I mean? And I've sort of followed all of Toby's career, all of his music. So, yeah, I get that. And, you know, I guess you get it with every other band that you're comparing for as well. You do. And it's funny because with Toby, when I was touring with him, he actually, I said something like, oh, I'm a big Little Angels fan. He went, yeah, okay, whatever. And that was all I said because he didn't want to look like an idiot or whatever. And as, as the tour went on, I was like, oh, God, just just weird. Like how I remember uh, I was queuing up Tower Records getting your thing signed and he kind of stopped and went, what do you, you mean? Oh, hold on, I remember that. You are a fan. I'm like, dude, yeah, I told you this. I went to see Sport and Van Halen. I, I was at the Royal Albert Hall when you finished. I was, I, I met you a number of times. And he's like, oh, wow, that's really, I didn't really realise just how much of a fan you were. It's like, yeah, that, it's yeah. weird. Yeah. And then, of course, you, with that, you meet other people and you meet, and I suppose I'm, I'm lucky I'm not 19, 20, 21, because if I was young, I think if I was a young boy, I would believe it. I would think, yeah, I made it, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, thankfully, because it was an old kid, even then, I realised that actually, to me, Toby Jefferson's a huge hero of mine. He always has been like yourself, and a must, but actually, the real world don't know. Who, when I was going up, people were going, "I'm supporting Wayward Sons." Are like, who? Do you remember <laughs> the Little Angels? No, and you realise yeah. that we're in our own little bubble, and that's yeah, what makes yeah. it more special. I think for me, anyway, it's like yeah, actually, I, I don't care if you haven't heard. If I'm if somebody's da- dad dancing, and I'm like, that's like Danny Boyle from Thunder. They're like, who? I don't care if they don't know who it is. <laughs> it's it's, it's yeah. our it's our thing, isn't it? And yeah, yeah, definitely. No, I agree. <laughs> I agree with that. So you've got a, got a few more coming up this year, then that you're you're doing. Oh yeah, so as well. It's busy. So had had well had that. Then had last week Green was supported, which is cool. They really love the guys, and that got me into uh, I do radio. I've got a weekly show on a Saturday morning DJ, and I suppose you know that, that goes with it. But the there's a plug for us, yeah. Hmm? So there's a plug for us, Steve. MMH Home Rock Radio, ten o'clock Sunday morning, Saturday morning, Saturday morning. Little plug in yeah, there. you have to plug us. Believe me, but we, I'll happily plug. That sounds wrong, doesn't it? I'll plug you. I'll plug you. Maybe that's why you have to go and see the doctor. <laughs> why? So, uh, and uh, yeah, I've got so I've got that, and then I've got loads of festivals coming up. And the comparing business of it is a strange beast because. Comparing, I always think, I always like to anyway, when you compare a festival, I, I want, the whole point of it is, when you do the stand-up, it's all about me, right? Because I'm the most important person in the world and my ego takes over. But when you're comparing, the whole point of it is, you have got to get that, and the bands are great, but you've got to get them on that on that form. And I learned that from the way with the Suns. The, the Phil, Phil was great, he was going, it's so nice, because as a drummer, I never get name-checked, usually. Or as a bassist, you never get name-checked. So as a comparer, trying to kind of, even if some bands you don't, of course, there's some bands you're going to think of a bit crap, but you, you didn't say that, right? But yeah. you can tell the ones I really love. And I want the bands to go on that stage because I think the fans forget, and rightly so, that anybody goes on that stage, 
is nervous or some people are nervous or some people and you just want to give them so yeah i've got loads coming up i've got a uh, god i mean it's weird i've got like this it's been doing nothing for a year and a half and then all of a sudden it's all piled up i mean call the world's big one rambler man who knows uh i bet i do the rise and stage at rambler man which is a big one but who knows if it's happening or it is it is what it is i go every weird because i've gone every year as a punter, a punter so i've always gone and it was two years ago that again i bought my ticket didn't get a refund for and then i got asked to compare the stage by different so that was really nice it was odd because and i think most, it was lovely because people come up to you and going we could tell you're a fan of the music and all day people are coming up to you and having conversations what band do you recommend did you like this band which is great lovely i mean i don't know why they think i know more than anybody else but it's a lovely thing at least i know they know that i'm genuine yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, so yeah, so we've got Call of the Wild, got Sad Best, got uh, God, I mean, every weekend from June to December, nearly it's taken up by either one of my gigs or a festival, which Brilliant. is great. Just if it if it only pays the bills, it would be amazing. But, but but it's it's you know, had a year and a half of sitting indoors, like you know, watching Emmerdale, didn't watch Emmerdale, disclaimer, but you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah so yeah, it's yeah. quite nice just to get out and be around people and, and being the compare and being at festivals. You see, the, it's weird, but being a compare, you see the very best in everyone. In our day jobs, are, what we do in life, generally, we see the best and the worst in the middle, right? As a compare, you just see the very, it's a real privilege, you just see the very best of people. You see the very best people performing, and you see, and a bunch of, which is what my last book about, it's all about, you see the people who are there because they love being there. And actually, yeah, yeah. you're seeing them at the best. You're seeing the guys at the best. So you've got to all, all them to be your best. And actually, you leave these festivals going, God, isn't life great? Isn't life just a big, massive festival? You know, yeah, it's yeah. great. So, yeah, I'm, I'm massively busy in June, which is great. That's awesome. Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I haven't, mm. I haven't booked any up for this year yet because I'm not quite sure what's going on. Um, but I have booked up for Sound Bay next year, which is down at the Patty, because obviously Mr. Jepson's there. So, Mr. Jepson's um, there, Mr. Warwick's there. I mean, Mr. Right. Mr. It's it's a funny one, isn't it? Because I uh, I'm doing that one, and that is a real pit. <laughs> I did that one. Uh, oh, it was a, I've, I've had a few bad gigs, as you can imagine, you know. And I went all uh, Swansea's miles away from where, no matter where you live, even from Wales, Swansea's miles away. Right? <laughs> it is, yeah. And you know, Wales is far enough anyway. Like you know, we all know Wales is like a bad Scotland, right? So Wales is far enough away. I understand I'm sitting, I'm, I'm, I'm with two blokes who are Welsh and scary, but I'm on Zoom. What are you going to do? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, uh, but Swansea's miles away. So, and I had a bit of a bad experience there before with those damn clothes who were a great band and it wasn't their fault. But I got all the way there, the hotel, the, something's happening with the hotels and stuff, just a bad experience generally. And I got there and I kind of said, no, we don't have a compare. It's like, I've just travelled five and a half hours to get here and I've got five and a half hours to get back. And yeah. it was frustrating. But then, obviously, Alan's a great guy. And he said, oh, do you want to do this one? And I went, I don't know. Me being started, oh, I'm going to be professional. I don't know. Then he showed me the lineup. I'm like, yes, <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Wouldn't miss it. You got, it's great. But yeah, yeah, yeah. that's going to be a crack. And the w- Welsh people, I'm not just saying this because there's two scary blokes. Well, one scary <laughs> bloke on, uh, on the Zoom call. But Welsh are like, I, I think anyway, they're a bit like going to a gig in Bristol's very similar, uh, Glasgow, uh, Newcastle, it's that in, in the Midlands where I've moved to. It's I'm kind of from London, well, I'm from Scotland, but I've kind of lived in London all my life. 
And I think the difference is the Welsh and all that lot, their attitude is, we're at a gig, we're watching you, we're going to enjoy it unless you give us a reason not to. And yeah. then we're going to show you we enjoy it, and it's crap, we'll tell you about it as well. I think in London and Edinburgh, it's kind of like, okay, well, well, let's see what you've got. You're very different. Let's let's see what you can bring us. But I think the Welsh, the Welsh are very much like. I remember my gig with the Wayward Sons in Swansea. It was like amazing. Everyone was just like, big massive party. It was a last night. It was full of Welsh people. It was just kind of like, let's just we're gonna have fun. And it was the attitude was we're gonna have fun. So if you can help us have fun, great. And if you're rubbish, we're gonna have fun anyway. You know that kind of I love yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I think that's the, yeah, so Zombies is miles away, but uh, I've got a few other gigs in. I'm, I'm supporting the Wild Hearts uh, and Adam and the Hellcats in Citeria in Cardiff. Okay. Uh, in Cardiff and Swansea, like, same place, like, do you know what I mean? So, uh, <laughs> there's a, a few miles apart. But, but yeah, but what, it was, and the football teams and rugby teams are the same, I'm sure. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, there's no rivalry at all. It's a bit, nah. like, a bit like Rangers and the. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right, exactly. No you know what? It's <laughs> great. Case. I loved it. <laughs> it was when somebody said to me, uh, when I went to the Swansea gig, it was a Cardiff gig, I can't remember which one, and they said, come on, it was Swansea, come on and say, all right, Cardiff. And I said, that's funny. And somebody went, it won't be funny. No. <laughs> but, do you know what? <laughs> I'll, I'll think about it in my head. <laughs> I just get bottled. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah. So Wales is always always great, and I think I, I think um, like I said, doing the comedy and stand up comedy is different and it's weird because I've got a lot of festivals I'm doing now. They've given me like a, a set to do, so I've got walking the ball, which is incredible. And they've said, oh, can you do like half an hour, forty minute set on the Friday? And Gravity, can you do a set in the morning, half an hour, forty minutes? And I've got Motorhead Day in Blackpool, and I'm going to do like so all these sets I'm doing. They're kind of bespoke. I'm making them for that festival, so okay, that's yeah. quite nice, I think. And mentioning the bands that are on and taking them, taking the mick at the bands that are on, but in a nice way. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, yeah so it's going to be fun. Yeah, cool. A lot so, of fun, I think. Yeah, definitely. So going on to your stand-up, then what have you got coming up? So I did see on your on your Facebook because obviously I follow you. You had you had mm. done a, a stand-up to a monitor to a TV oh, screen with God, an audience. So- it was weird. It did it over summer lockdown and I had my whole my whole our new tour, six dates or seven dates, and the sales for the first time ever were going like, well, but I have to teach them all, but yes, they're going really well. And it obviously got cancelled. But I written this hour set and I suppose like any any performer, you kind of go, Yeah, I'll just keep up with that. But it's boring, you want to create stuff all the time. Yeah. So I thought yes. oh, I'd try to do a live a live feed. So I went to this TV studio and it was it was odd and I had like literally two TV cameras and a couple of guys and I was doing it for an hour and I had like a backdrop and I had like the, the screen and it was, it was, it was fine, but you've got no, for comedy, you just need some interaction. So I did that and that was fine. I'm glad I got some of the jokes out and it, it was fine. It seemed to be go, go okay. That was great. But a couple of weeks ago I did, I got a phone call from a, a bunch of solicitors, like a corporate event saying, can you do a corporate event? Can you do an hour stand up? I thought, yeah, great, absolutely. So I had a couple, but this one was uh, a couple hundred people uh, and that's great. But the weird thing is with that is a couple hundred people on Zoom, but how it was set up, I could literally just see nothing. I could blank monitor. I didn't know if they were still there. I didn't know, when I finished it, they came back on and the guy came back on. Thanks, that was great. 
but I had no idea. But anyway, you know, you're just having visions, aren't you? Going, oh, people are going to watch Tipping <laughs> Point. They've left the computer. Like I would be doing. They've left the computer running. They're putting up. They're texting each other. This guy's crap. Do you know what I mean? So you're having all these, and you're you're, you're doing all this. Whoa, 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 whoa. And you, it's like an hour. It's quite a long time. And yeah. you're hour, and you're thinking, going, God, is the computer still on? Have I unplugged it? I don't know. And that I've never felt so relief at the end of a gig when it goes good night and it comes back on. But yeah, so that was weird. Good because I could practice. I've got about 15 minutes of stuff I want to do for my new set coming up. I could get on, but it's different when you're sitting down like this. It's not the same. So yeah. not that. Yeah. yeah, that's weird. But I've got a gig. I've got the only my only gig was in London on the third uh, of July, and it was amazing because. It's one of my favourite venues. It only holds about 80, but it's the first place I've ever done stand-up ever in uh, Cavendish in Stockwell in London. So that was always going to be my London gig. We're going to do London Epsom Playhouse. Like that, they're both very different. And I was, and then because of this whole thing, we don't know how we, what's going to happen. You know, we hope what's going to happen, but we don't know. So I kind of said to everyone, let's just do it free. Let's have a free gig, right? As long as I've got your tickets, and I, I know who you are, that means if it's cancelled, it's not the end of the world. People, because I can completely understand people are emailing me saying, I want to come, but I'm not 100% sure, which is utterly understandable. So that's my new hour set. And then Verity White has emailed and I'm coming. I said, oh, my God, that'd be amazing. And then she went, well, do you want us to support you? It's like, oh, yeah, but it's a free gig, right? And you, you guys are awesome. And she's like, do you know what? That's all right. So I've got Verity doing an hour. I've got an hour. 3rd of July, and it's pretty much say sold out, it's free, but I mean, most people, but anybody emails, I'll get, we'll get them in. Uh, it's going to be just a real nice welcome back party. I've, I've, I'm working now on my new set for that, it's an hour. Yeah, I, I talk about music a bit, I talk about TV a lot, I talk about lockdown a lot, I talk about WhatsApp groups a lot, I talk about fat babies, I just talk about everything that's, I think people live, have in their life, do you know what I mean? I yeah. talk about... Just, just everything, and I'm looking forward to that a lot. Yeah, third of July, that's second plug, right? Uh, so yeah, yeah, so that'll be good. And I've got, I think, a week before that's uh, a week before the festival that I've got half an hour set in, but I'm comparing that walking the bowl. I've got, I think it's half an hour set. I need to check, but the good thing is, the stand up comedian at festival is. If the bands are late, if the bands are earlier, time you could say, oh, can you just do 20 minutes? I was supporting Wild Hearts with a stand-up gig, which would be odd, because Wild Hearts fans aren't going to be like, where would Suns fans? Yeah. They're going to be, it's Raging Speed Horn and Wild Hearts and me. Do you know what I mean? Knock, knock, who's there? Yeah. <laughs> so that'll be fun. Uh, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. An interesting yeah. second half of the year. Brilliant. Yeah. That's good. That's good. So what got you into comedy in the first place then, do you know what? I think I was uh, like 10, 12 years ago, whatever, like a lot of people, I kind of, I like stand-up. I, I'm not a massive stand-up fan, as in I like who I like, and um, I don't live from it, but I just thought, God, I would like to do that. I would like to try it. I would like to give, it's one of these things that before I die, I'm, 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 I always explain to people, say, I'm a man who does loads and loads of stuff, absolutely crap at everything, but I just don't care. Life's too short to care, do you know what I mean? So I, I don't want, I'm always, my only fear is uh, to go on my deathbed and go, oh, God, I wish I tried that, I wish I tried that, you know? And it's not, I'm not talking about adrenaline junkie, I'm not doing, I'm not doing loads, but everything I kind of wanted to do, like bungee jumping, jumping up, I've done. But I've done probably once and that's enough. But stand up, I thought, I want to give it a go. 
you know, I think it'll be okay. I think. And anyway, I did the first night. I did it. It was an open mic night. Loved it. And I just love the, uh, I love the fact that <laughs> it takes no talent. Anybody can do it. You just talk. But I just also, I just, I just did quite an art form. So I did it and then I loved it. And then I did quite a lot of it. And and then I, then I went through a stage, I lived, I lived in London, I was teaching. I was running two nights a month, one in Croydon, one in Tooting, and I loved doing them. But like everything, it's the things, like, you know, it's it that's beginning to be like work. And then I did a bit of it, and then I went off it a bit, and I went, did a bit, I went off it a bit. And life got in the way, you get married, and your wife hates what you do, and things like that. And so I kind of tried that, well, we're just going to be sensible, and I'm going to be like a normal adult, and I'm going to watch TV like a normal adult, and do these things. And it got to a stage, I was miserable. I thought to myself, how can people do this? How can, not, not, not offence if people do it, but how can people just sit at home and watch TV, watch every single soap opera there is? And I, so, and I loved the idea of sometimes on a Thursday night or Tuesday night, if I was having Peckham or Brixton, under the arches or old, or old Kentish town, doing a gig that may have been hilarious, it may have been awful, or maybe an awful night, or may have been great. But I just think and going, this is different. I'm living a little bit. Tomorrow when I'm back in the classroom, I know I half living last night, I was, I've got a story to tell. You know, yeah, and yeah. so I kind of did that and then I went off and then I, I, I kind of did a tour, a whole tour and I loved first time I ever did a tour and then I did a second tour about teaching and I loved that, that was incredible and then uh, I was writing new stuff and the way with something, I did my my rock tour for five or six days I think it was and then after that I didn't know what to do and that's, guys I'm just going to want to, that's my alarm Okay, no problem the oven off. Okay Okay. Give me one minute. Okay, no problem. <laughs> Rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what he's got in the oven, but it must be important. Yeah, can't be in the design, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did, did, did he say that uh, he got into radio off the back of doing the gigs? We haven't got that. We'll have to yeah. ask him. No, we'll ask him that. There was a bunch of Russian prostitutes there, Jack Daniel. Do you know how rock and roll is? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was King Alfred and you're burning the cakes. <laughs> i got one job to do. And of course, me being a... Ruth was like, what time is your podcast? Seven? Okay, we'll do this. No problem. And then I thought, oh, no. And then she'd gone by then. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> so, yeah. So, stand-up comedy, I love it. And I love watching, like... It's interesting being a stand-up comedian. Compare stand-up comedian to the music world. The music world is so much friendlier and lovelier. And because I think with the stand-up comedy, there's a, bit of, there's a little bit of, of competition. And I think stand-up comedians generally are a miserable bunch. I would not want to go out drinking with a bunch of stand-up comics. <laughs> there's some occasionally brilliant ones, don't get me wrong, but they've, they've always got some issues and it's like therapy and... I just yeah, kind of, they're alcoholics or drug addicts. Yeah, and I'm, I'm just miserable, just like, mm. yeah. and it's, it's cynical, and I'm not cynical. Yeah, that's cynical, why, yeah. You know, when you're cynical, and people say, like, when the stand-up comedian world, who's your favourite stand-up comedian? Who, and I say, well, I've got two massive, Andy Kaufman, I just think he's a hero of mine, he's, what he does is incredible, magical. I don't think I would much like to when I met him, but lovely, amazing. Mm. But Billy Conley, and, and people go, oh, God, Billy Conley, he's so mainstream and sold out. It's like, dude, he's a storyteller. He's yeah. a beautiful man. I can listen to him. And just, and I don't even, I remember I've seen him live a few times and I remember sitting there going, 
And I'm thinking, being aware, going, I've not heard one joke that I find funny, but the tears are rolling down my face and I'm happy. Yeah, and I'm yeah. looking around and it was a room of people who were just, and I thought, that man has just made 4,000 people, 5,000 people so happy. And I thought, how, how, what, what, this is, and he's not being mean, he's not being nasty, he's not, he's not anybody else's, he's just me. So, yeah, so, yeah. And then stand up comedians who, who, who know from the circuit are like, yeah, when I say this really offensive joke, they don't like it tough. And they kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's really good, but it's not funny. It's not really, and, and it's not making you happy. So, yeah, so I'm much, much, and the musicians are different because they're creative and they're kind of all work together and, They've not got that. They're never going to leave a stage going, God, you know, hope all the style as good as me. You know, they're not going to have that because it doesn't work that way because everyone's yeah, got yeah. their own style. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you do see it when they're supporting each other. So, like, I, one of my local gigs that I go to up in the Dragonfly and Bruce Dickinson was there in Colour of Noise. And, like, to me, like, he's a massive, massive legend. And he's there helping the supporting act in with their guitars and in with the drums and, and stuff like that, do you know what I mean? So they are, they do, they, they really help people, don't they? They're great, they are great. It, it, I, I noticed that, and I think I noticed that with the way with Sons, like I said, the, the, just that pure support of that whole, that whole, and I always think it's just nice to have, I think, no matter how good you are, how, how successful you are, knowing there's somebody off stage who's willing to give you a help, are willing to do something, especially if it's something like Bruce, who's like multi-talented, I just got a message from him about an hour ago. <laughs> Move to Shetlands. Yeah. <laughs> Send me a video of it. It's like, dude, well done, but you're a better person than me. <laughs> Maybe he's building a landing strip. He's, he's like, yeah, I want to get away. It's like, yeah, okay. When you say you want to get away, it didn't actually mean you're going to move to Shetland Islands, right? That, that, but that's what he, yeah. he says it. He does it. I mean, he's, he's, he's massively, uh, he's one of these guys who is just incredibly, amazingly talented, but not just to play the guitar, it's just being, being a decent human being. He's a lovely guy, yeah. but I mean, and he grows a damn good beard. But I mean, you know. Oh, Bruce Dickinson. Yeah. That's ah, a different Bruce Dickinson. <laughs> not like, no, not like, oh, <laughs> Bruce, I mean, like, yeah, no, he's, no, no, he's, no. He's, 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 his beard's about as good as his codpiece. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, no, Bruce, Bruce, I always say, the Bruce Dickinson, we're talking about like a little angels, uh, Bruce yeah. Dickinson, but not like, oh, Bruce Dickinson. That's oh, right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I, I've still got to introduce you to Wayward Sons and Little Angels, Ted. Yeah, you have. I need to educate you on those. All my all my ink on my arm is all Little Angels and Bruce wow. and Toby and, and everything. So, uh, yeah, I'll, uh, we'll have a session on that one day, I think. Yeah, we will. Do, do, do you not like, what kind of music do you like? Me, yeah. I, I like rock music. I like all sorts of music, to be honest. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at that picture behind you, thinking, I'm sure that's Bob Dylan on the wall. Springsteen, is it? I we couldn't make my mm. mind up because from here it looks like Bob Dylan, but I was yeah, thinking, Springsteen, Clemens, I'm I'm say I'm say Dylan fan as well. Dylan, but looking at the black guy, that's probably Clarence Clemens. So it's yeah, yeah, Clemens, Clemens and Springsteen. I get yeah. uh, sometimes do interviews, and uh, I was interviewing Hell's Addiction. They're like, I can't believe you got a Springsteen picture. He's rubbish. I'm like, oh, I don't really camp. I'm like, oh my god, I'm a massive Springsteen fanatic. Love him. What a man. He's he's one of the guys I look at and just thinking, how can you? And I read his book and I just thinking, wow, it's one of these guys. Just make, I mean, he, he doesn't bring out a bad album at all. And uh, I don't think anyway. But then, yeah, yeah I like I like but... you know I like Chinese democracy. So what do I know about music? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
yeah, I'm hoping they don't play that on the tour when I go to see them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. If there was a fan then that you really wanted to compare, either alive or dead, who would you really love to introduce on stage? Oh, wow. Uh, do you know what? It's funny because I wouldn't want to, I don't think I would want to introduce anybody who's dead because that would be a rubbish gig. But yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> drag them on. Don't leave um, but do you know what? There's, there's so many, and I always. I always pinch myself and go like when I'm a wild heart. So, where was some? I always pinch myself and go, "Wow, I can't believe I introduced them on." Now, to me, it's a real honour. I think to some people, who are like, "Yeah, so what? You're not playing with them." But actually, mm. it is, I think it's an honour. Who, who the best god? I think Springsteen probably be my 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 go-to. I'm a massive Springsteen fan. You know, bands like uh, I'm a shoot. This is, you're gonna laugh at me, and you probably cut the call off, right? And if anybody's watching this. They'll probably end up cutting off. So I'm going to apologise, but now I'm saying it, I can't go back on my word, right? Um, now, what I'm going to say here is, I'll tell you what, I can see already the button's gone. <laughs> if you say Coldplay, it's going like, I mean, I mean, I feel like I'm in confession. <laughs> I'm a massive Chicago fan, right? Oh, oh man. Okay. And I know they've gone kind of up and down, and I get that. And so I got into them when they were like rubbish, because like, that's what I recognised. But I just got, I got into the dynamics and then because of that, I learned to listen to early Chicago stuff. I'm like, oh my God, this is incredible. So Chicago, because they're still going on, some of them. Uh, Springsteen, <laughs> obviously, Dylan, but Dylan would just like boom me off because he's miserable. But, uh, <laughs> you know, Guns N' Roses, that would be great because uh, I, I would love to see Guns N' Roses up close and personal. I mean, I love Guns N' Roses, I'm a big fan, but that wasn't impressed at downloading. It's like Axel's kind of... Late. Yeah, well, download. He wore winkle pickers. He was late, and he looks like Michael Hutchins. He actually looks like Linda Robson from Birds of a Feather now, which yeah, is not does, good. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Is uh, but but still, the Guns N' Roses and 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 they will. And I look at I listen to Abbey Destruction and I see them playing it, and you go, "How did you write that? How? That's incredible. Yeah. That's to me it's magic." But yeah, Metallica it would be great to introduce. Cool. And have a little dig at Lars. Do you know what I mean? It'd be funny. Uh, but yeah, any any I listen. To, I like you guys, and like everyone. I think I listen to music. The great thing is about being crap at music and not being able to play anything is I listen to it, and I just thinking, how on earth do you do that? I watch anybody play drums, a guitar, whatever, or sing, and just go bass, and just go. I don't know how that's physically possible, and that's I'm really lucky with that because I know that because I think that I just enjoy it even more. Yeah, you know, yeah. never mind the greats. Of, of what they're doing. Like, I saw Prince live and I, and I wasn't, I was kind of like Prince. I never, thought, I never thought he was the best guitarist in the world until I watched him live and my jaw was on the floor for the whole game. Yeah. I'm like, what, who, this is unbe- unbelievable. Yeah, amazing musician. Oh, wow. And the, I always thought his band would have like five or six guitarists, but it was just him. And I was just like, going, oh my God, wow. How, how, how are we the same species? Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. That's not fair, but. You know, well, you didn't yeah. he record so, his first album in his bedroom as well. Yeah, and you know, and you're just thinking, what an absolute talent. Now, I don't know that much about him, I was going to pick up his book and I've not read it yet, but he's just a massive, mega talented guy. That's yeah, he's just really all talented, this talent, yeah. had all yeah. this talent. Springsteen's another one. I look at Springsteen, but I think I prefer that kind of in his book. He kind of, he kind of says. I'm never going to be the best singer. I'm yeah, never going to be the best yeah. songwriter. Yeah, but I'm just going to work the hardest, and I quite yeah. like that. Actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can relate to that a bit more. Do you know what I mean? I'm never going to be the best at anything. But yeah, yeah so anybody, do you know what? I'll, I'll put anybody on stage, even Bross, 
No, no, maybe. <laughs> well, you might be able to in Las Vegas because yeah. one of them live in Las Vegas. Get over there, son. I, I, I watched the documentary. I watched the documentary. Uh, I, I don't know if you've seen it. Have no, you seen it? Seen it? No. With the screamer no. stuff. You've got to watch it. It's yeah. the best thing I've ever watched. It's better than Spinal Tap. Okay. It's serious. Yeah. It's the funny. It's like watching it, some kind of monster by Metallica. It's the funniest thing you'll see. And if you didn't know it was Bros, you'd think they were just actors being. They were, they were the funniest people on earth. But unfortunately, they're being genuine. It's worth watching. A bit of David Brent, is it or what? It's worse. It's it, it, <laughs> you watch it and you go, oh my god, that is. They've, they've got these quotes like you know things like I like the word personify, because no, sorry, the 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 word H O M E personifies home. What? And it's full of things like that. And okay. you kind of go, what on earth? And in the book, you've got two men who are good looking and are stupid. And that's a great combination sometimes, who believe they're intelligent. So actually, it immediately makes a great documentary. Yeah, if you're watching yeah. that, look, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> maybe so they'll like, tune in and now they'll just yeah. tune out again. Yeah, but they like, yeah. They like Jedward then, are they? Pe- they, they well, I don't know. Actually, Jedward's just annoying, aren't they? Just, I think they're like, yeah, I, I can't. Yeah, but Jedward take, don't take themselves seriously, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's the. I think when you're annoying and you know you're annoying, it's it's okay. But I think when you're literally the, the documentary is <laughs> wow, it's it's incredible. You're watching it going, this is it's like the Metallica documentary. You know, you're watching it going, this is genius. But I love you. But the Metallica one was annoying. So I love Metallica, so it was slightly annoying. I'm like, oh, I love you, but now we're just gonna laugh at you a little bit. Well, but a Bros one, you're thinking you guys are geniuses and you don't know it and you're not geniuses. <laughs> like, <laughs> But I loved it, yeah, yeah. yeah. So but did your, uh, did your um, gig comparing get you into the radio show? No, I did. It was weird. I think I did the Wayward Sons tour. And I think I phoned, and I can't really remember the memory in this, but I'm pretty sure I phoned up MMH and said, There's not, I'm thinking of DJing, uh, and, and can I give a go? And it's really cool now, MMH, to kind of say, listen, no matter who, what you've done before or what you're doing or whatever, you've got to go through, like, rightly so a lot of hurdles we want you to send in this and do this and do this and you have to do everything yourself like all the technical stuff yourself okay so uh i thought well i'm gonna give it a go and i see how it goes and i did it uh took a couple months and he said yeah great your weekly show so oh. so it, it kind of all tied up i i do i do i will say that if it didn't get on the wayward sons tour uh, i i will probably still be doing comedy now i'll still be going to gigs but would I still be doing comedy? I don't know. I certainly wouldn't be doing the radio. I certainly wouldn't be doing festivals. I certainly wouldn't be... Com- Although I was trying to do a bit of compound before, yeah. uh, and I was doing a bit, I, I, I would probably be sitting there watching Country File and punching okay, a badger. Yeah, <laughs> then, then doing it. You know, so I think, and I, you, you never know, but I'm really grateful for that chance, that one chance, because I think for me, it's, it's, it's opened up so many doors. Like a lot of things. And yeah. kind of... As long as you realise, well, actually, this is open this door, and and I, ch- I chose to take it. It was, and it was even in that gig, that tour. I was working at the time. I had to. It was so difficult to take that time off. And but I remember thinking, um, and at the time, my ex-wife was like, "Well, you can't take a month off. That's a, a two weeks off. That's ridiculous." Yeah. yeah. And I thought, well, I was at a point it was 44, 45, and I was thinking, imagine like on your deathbed going, "Oh, I could have done that. I could have yeah. done that." Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, I don't know where it would have... I think that everything's landed, thankfully, as it happens, one thing leads to another, leads to another. Yeah, so yeah. I'm assuming everything's led from that one time that Toby says, we want yeah, you, I want yeah. you. 
So Brilliant. you threw away the Alan Partridge handbook and... Uh... <laughs> I did. And I decided to do it on my own, which... Yeah. <laughs> is, is, I'm very lucky because, you know, I'm doing what a lot of people come to your festivals and stuff and say, listen, do you know what? You're, you're an author and, you, and you've got your radio show and you stand up comedy because you've got such an easy life. And God, yeah, we, right wish, we ain't a living with that. And I kind of want to go, so do I. So do I. Unfortunately, I do all that as well, but it's great. And, and I can't, I mean, I'm very, whatever, every time I'm on that stage, I kind of very grateful because I'm aware that anybody could be on that stage, but I'm just maybe you fought that a bit harder or, or nagged that a bit more, you know what I mean, to get yeah, on there. Yeah. So, and that bit of luck, these yeah. tiny bits of luck, you, you have to grab them, don't you? Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, definite. So, so moving on to your books then, Pete. So is it four books you've got now out? Yeah, four really. Three three big ones, not big ones, but three main ones. I did, uh, and this is another weird thing. So, God, when I was, before the, the, the Wayward Sons thing, about, uh, I was sitting, I went back home to Dundee to my mum, and I was waiting, boring story, I know, I was waiting at the dentist, and uh, I saw an article in the magazine, Scottish magazine, and it was about grave diggers and body snatches, and I kind of knew a bit about them, but I wasn't that bothered. And I read the story, and I looked at it, it was true, and my book says this in the book, and it was body snatching was such a big thing uh, in Dundee in the 19th century that one kid died at the age of 14 years old, and the dad wrapped him in kind of equivalent in gunpowder. So when the bodies got dug up, it would explode. Okay. Dude, that's, that, why, why don't we know about this, right? That's amazing. Yeah. So I, I wrote a home. I wrote like the, the prologue of a book and that, that was that. And then I wrote a book, so I had an idea. And so I wrote a book called Resurrection Mill, which is probably here because I'm such like a, a media whore. Yeah, it's like conveniently placed. Um, yeah. And I wrote that. And then when, when I was in the Wayford Sons game, I said, I brought them, I brought like 50 copies with me. And I said, I feel cheeky. And Toby's like, yeah, great, sell them at a gig. I'm like, yeah, they're not going to be, I'm not going to sell them at a gig. Now, for a book, you get about 50p a copy. You, you buy them all on yourself, you get about 50p a copy. So I was, I was throwing out the crowd, handing them out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at the end of the gig, I'm like, oh my God, I've none left, right? I've actually been selling them. that I've been given half away. And that was great. But then as the music industry went on, I kept on doing more. I, and I shouldn't have been, but I was slightly embarrassed going, like, I'm a stand-up comedian and I, I'm talking about rock music and my book's about grave digging. There's no... <laughs> yeah. it, this kind of doesn't it? And it's a story to tell. So what I did was conveniently, this is the author's copy, look, I wrote this called The Call. Now, this was kind of frustrating because I wrote a, a book about uh, one of the new... I hate the term, new wave of classic rock, but you know what I mean? Like, the term, you know, they, they, a, a new band, a new classic rock band. And uh, it was all about them called Raven Black Whiskey Stone, because every single band has to have either Raven Black Whiskey or Stone in the title, I've realised. And it was about them trying to make it and ended up trying, they were, they were getting a bit, they were getting a, a dig at Call of the Wild. So I'm thinking, right, I've got a book that's set at a festival that I'm comparing. This is genius. I can give it to people. They'll sell loads. The bands can take it. They're all in it. It's great. And of course, the pandemic happened. So I had to sell it online and the festival changed obviously so it is what it is so that was a call and that was and that that went down really well people were like yeah it's really funny we loved it that was great it was a comedy so that worked better so that was good and the third one of all which i didn't really i did write but i didn't write is this one here like it comes at a price and this one really was a book i did a novella i suppose short story 
just based on the Rocket Dolls album, listened to it, had an idea, and then I've kind of said to everyone, anybody else has got some writing that's based on this album. We can all put it together. So that was there. And then, like I said, I'd interview with the radio and I'm talking to all these really cool people like you, like you guys. And I found it really inspiring. I'm like, oh my God, this is really inspiring. Everybody who, who, who creates music or creates anything is amazing because it saved me. Every time I go to a gig, play uh, anything, right? Comedy, anything, read a book, I get slightly inspired. I'm like, yes, what can I do? So I wrote this book called, uh, imaginingly called Inspire. And I interviewed people, I thought, well, I've got access to people like Ricky Warwick and Nathan James and, and Nick Warstall from Warwick Sons. And I've got access to these people, Verity and Carly Jewel in Australia and the guys from Big Country. So why, why don't they use it? So it's all about me talking to them about what inspires them. And the whole thing is about really, I always say, it, the whole point of it is if you've got a guitar, if you've got a bass, whatever, pick it up and play it. And it started off with, I met a mate of mine who's quite young, well, compared to me, he's quite young. And he said, oh, God, I wonder when you'll make it. And I said, well, you know, I've just had a gig and there was 122 people there and they all had a great time. So I think I made it, right? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, but you know what I mean. And then in the same conversation, I had a T-shirt. I don't know who's, I can't remember what band it was. And then, what that, what's that band? And I said, oh, that's blah, blah, blah. And he said, oh, God, I watched The X Factor. The bands that you like, they should make it. And I thought, what do, you, what do you mean by making it? And then it got me thinking. And people obviously now, and, and I speak to kids at school, and they say, a lot of kids say, what do you want to do when you're older? And they say, I want to be a YouTuber. And you go, okay, why? And they go, because you're going to be really rich. And you go, what do you want to be rich for? And they go, so we get loads of followers. Why do you want really, well, look, and it goes around in this, nothing's creation. Yeah, it's just, yeah. no one says, I want to play music, because they can. So it's all about, this whole book's about, listen, if you go and play some of your songs or you do something, it's great for you. But if you wait one person in that audience, forget about the divorce, or forget about money problems, or forget whatever's going on in your life for an hour, then you've made it. That that's it. You've made it. You you've changed someone's life. It might just be for a minute. It might completely change the trajectory. So that's what it's about. It's all about inspiring people to actually. It's not about what is making it. And actually, you you guys do it. I do it. I think a lot of people they make people they, they flick on a post or they, they look at the podcast and it makes them happy. And they go, do you know what? You've made it because you've. Yeah, if you can make one person happy, then. Crappiest day in the world. Yeah. And it just takes that one thing to turn. You know what it's like. Yeah. And that's really important. I think that's the the most important thing as a comedian ever. Just to give somebody that break. Give somebody a break. That's what you're doing. You're giving somebody a break. And if they want to go off and they want to join, be the new Rolling Stones, or the new Billy Conley, absolutely brilliant. I'm really proud of my part of that. Brilliant. But if I've just made them happy for an hour five minutes ten minutes laugh smile that's that's the key yeah yeah well i watch my own videos and i think i'm hilarious so (laughs) (laughs) my girlfriend beats me about it all the time (laughs) i've seen that was the late night ones just chaffing yeah it was good yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) that's cool that's cool yeah i like that i like that i like the idea of that and I, to be fair, whenever I've really missed the music and the gigs and all that sort of side of it as well. And like you said, you know, it gets you away from everything for that hour. And, you know, it's, it is good and it? it's awesome. I think that's what we like about festivals. Yeah. About, I love it. And I've always gone to Donna in uh, since 91 and download. And to me, and I've, I've never slagged off toilet pop, uh, toilets festivals because I know it sounds crazy. But that noise, you know, the, the toilet door hitting, the flapping... 
to me, it's like we're in, we're in a world of, I mean, forget we're in a field, right? forget that. And it's like we're going in and that whole seeing, seeing the tech up, up, on the, up on the ropes, uh, just getting everyone together. It's theatre. And the whole point of theatre is you're in a different world. And I love you in a festival for three days. You've got great music. You've got great company. I, th I thought I'd miss the gigs a lot more, but I've realised I don't miss the gigs. I miss the people at the gigs. And even yeah. if you're not talking to them, just surrounded by people. It's like football, but you're all supporting the same team. And it's not Chelsea, because, you know, it's all great. So I think that's the key. I think I miss that. And it's a, it's a special thing. It's a, And I don't think people... I, th I always think when you're at a festival and you're putting up your tent, and you have that, when you only put up your tent and you've got that first beer after your tent, that's like going in duty free. That's like going in the airport and going into that, having that first, that Bloody yeah, Mary yeah. in the airport. When people go to the airport, they're on holiday. I'm on holiday in the airport, right? They're not, they're still in Gatwick. To me, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm on holiday with a tent's up, nailed yeah. in, kind, yeah. of, kind of cheap lager. I'm going to get ripped off when I'm nine pound a pint. It's going to spill at the sides. I don't care because I'm at a festival. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and that's it. And you just with you know I'm gonna watch Marlon Manson who does like a fat Nicholas Cage. I don't care. I'm, I'm here and I'm happy. Yeah. No, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. You know, and I, I think do, it's, I do cheat yeah. now because I, I go glamping these days. So I go game glamping. Game changer. I've got the Apache Six, right? We've got the Apache Six, and it's a cheap tent, thirty quid tent, but it's high. Oh, it's a game changer. I can stand. I'm like, yeah. I can stand. I'm not tall, like, but I can stand in a tent. But in the around the man, it was funny because I did compare it last year and they said, right, what we've got for you guys, because you're part of it, is uh, it's quite cool because you're backstage, you're hanging around with all these amazing people that I shouldn't be, I don't even belong to be with. I mean, I was doing a pee and uh, Chris Robinson from the Black Horse was doing a pee next to me. It's like, all right, Pete. It's like, hi. That's like, cool. But, but it was camp. And I said, oh, I want camp. I'll go every year. So can I just get this ticket? That's great. I'm here. But can I just camp with my mates next to the cricket ground? And the woman was like, we're giving you special VIP camping, glamping. And like, I know, but I really want to be with the smelly people. Because yeah. <laughs> like, you know, they're your I, mates. I, yeah, one of my mates, and I want to go quickly. So that she was like, oh, yes, most people actually are arguing the opposite way. And like, I know, but I'm sorry. But the glamping's cool. It's great. Keep yeah. it real, man. Keep it real. I, I like it. It's just a case of, you know, just like download, I suppose. And I don't think that's not like all now. But when you get kids hearing about kids going, oh, well, yes, well, we've been camping in, in Reading. I've been to Reading a few times. I love Reading, but not the same as download. And you're kind of going, hold on, were you, in a, were you in a mud bath floating downhill full of, like, you know, yeah, you yeah. I love it. I just, I don't, don't think, I think I can completely understand why people would think it's horrific. But I think until you, until you you know what it's like and you know like download i look forward to it every year i don't care who's playing i don't care if it's not made in this buffet i couldn't care less i'm there with my mates seeing people who you see every year and uh i'm paying overpriced beer i'm buying just i don't know what the spam burgers i don't know but i don't care because it's fun yeah. Well, you're from you know, Scotland, so spam burgers go down well. Oh, I yeah. can't eat a bit of spam. Deep <laughs> yeah. fried spam. Deep, oh. deep. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Next to the Snickers on the Mars. <laughs> oh, God. Do you know what? When I, about 10 years ago, I went back home and I said, went to the chip shop and said, have a deep fried Mars bar. And they went, oh, sir, we don't do deep fried Mars bars anymore. I said, oh, that's a shame. And they went, we've got Mars bars fritters. Which are deep fried Mars bars. So yeah, I yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <man. laughs>
so yeah, I miss it all. I miss I miss everyone. Yeah. I can't wait to. I just can't wait to get back on. I'm really hoping, like everyone is, and I just, I just there's nothing worse. And I'm gonna be a bit, be a bit miserable here, but you know, in Facebook when you go, I can't wait to get these gigs. It's gonna be awesome. We're gonna see you soon. And you know, there's something going. I don't want to think they're going to happen. And you know, oh, come on, people yeah. are really hopeful, and we all don't know, but we're hoping. And yeah. it'd be odd, but I think by this time, well, June, July, but. Just think next year the festivals are no one's going to be thinking about it. It's going to be like, yeah, let's let's all laugh at Axel Rose again. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I've I've been transferring all my tickets from 2020 to this year and stuff. Um, and it was like a Friday afternoon, and I've been reading Facebook, and there was people on there saying, "Nah, it's not going to happen," and all this. So I ended up cancelling my tickets for Planet Rockstock in um in treco bay and i the missus was like oh, are you sure and i was like oh, i've had enough and yeah you know, we're laying out all this money and we're not getting to these gigs and stuff and then immediately they started announcing who was there and i was like oh god get back on the beach trying to get Did back get on one? the internet to buy them and i haven't been able to get any tickets for it so you're joking oh it's a great lineup isn't it it's i hate i don't want to rub it in but wow anthrax yeah. to me well i'm an anthrax fan and therapy so oh yeah. therapy are playing are they yeah. yeah, and that's the thing. That's cool. I think with the bands, we see the same bands all the time. Which is nothing wrong with them. absolutely brilliant and not absolutely great. But to me, when your bands are thrown in the mix like Anthrax or, or Therapy, I'm like, yeah. oh, Therapy. Now there's a band who would love to introduce. I would love to introduce Therapy. Mm-hmm. Huge Therapy fan, and I've never met. There was weird one. You know, some bands you kind of mingle and you get to know, and in other bands you've never like. I've never met Television. I love. I love Shutty, but and many more. But. It's weird, actually. Ter- therapy, the bands, well, I've always loved because I've never quite sat. Therapy, I've never quite sat where they should sit. Yeah, the metal yeah. or the punk, who cares? The good, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, can't be a bit of therapy. Can't be a bit. Look, I got. I, I tell everyone <laughs> this. This is a therapy question mark. It isn't what it is. Is I was eighteen and didn't know what tattoo I wanted. But if I ever see the guys from therapy, <laughs> I'll tell them that. So. <laughs> I gotta leave a minute. I'll be back now. <laughs> he's off to tell therapy yeah <laughs> so is he gone I don't know he just said I'm going to leave a minute he has gone and maybe he's going to sort out my chicken <laughs> maybe my oven my, he didn't, my cooker wasn't properly off so he's no, just sitting here yes Spirit Steelhouse as well sure isn't it because Steelhouse has got a mega lineup, so you've got therapy. Oh, I'm getting mixed up with Steelhouse. Sorry, it, I'm getting mixed up. I, I, yeah. I've still got, I've still got my Steelhouse tickets. Huge lineup. Wayward uh, Sons, Chris Barris, those damn crows. Huge. Uh, and I noticed it was interesting, and I, I'm, I'm not judging at all. But it's interesting how those damn crows have gone above Wayward Sons and everything. Yeah, it's, it might be because it's Wales mine as well. It they, might be. They, but I think they've, 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 they've got their. They're going to be. I think they're going to go massive. I think they've I got the, well. the company behind them. That they've got the. They've got the, uh, the foundation below them, I think. Yeah. I think they of all the bands we deal with, they're the ones that are going to... Yeah, they are a class act, because they, they do... They can be quite commercial as well, can't they? Because my, my son's not really into the sort of music I'm into, but he really likes those damn crows. Yeah. So I think I think they can appeal to a much wider audience, than perhaps so. some, other, some other bands, yeah. I think that's the key, isn't it? It's, it's a real... The, the whole... Like, I love my music, I love my rock, but I think I can understand that people... I loved it when I was growing up, and I question it. If you didn't love it when you were growing up, I wonder if you would like it now. I don't know. You know what I mean? I think some yeah. bands... I think Chris yeah. Barris is different, because Chris Barris is a bluesy, rock, southern, you know. Yeah. But yeah, then you've got... That, I, I was a slightly, like, outlaw orchestra, slightly different, but I 
think the classic lock stuff, I don't know. I love it, but I know I loved it when I was 14 and it brings me back. Yeah, and I'm the same. I'm the same. So, you know, I'll, I'll chuck on a, a little Angels 2 and I can be back in my Mark II Escort at 18 years <laughs> of age. But that's the thing, isn't it? I know, I know they're not very good. And, and not, but, but, but the Angels, but sometimes I listen to White Snake of Death Leopard or whatever and people go, this isn't very good. And you go, I don't care. I don't care if it's not very good. It's like Chicago. I know Chicago 17 is rubbish. I, I know that. However, it makes me happy. It's yeah. like Maiden. I'm a massive Maiden fan. And people say, what's your favourite Maiden album? And I'll always say, Seventh Son, because it's the first two I saw them on. And I go, yeah, it's not as good as Number of the Beast. I go, but it is to me. I yeah. understand what you I, I get that. But to me, it's a time and a place. And Metallica is the same. You know, I think it's it's interesting. I think that's a great thing with music. It's You know yeah. where you were in your life when... I remember queuing up for the Black Album at our price. Uh, I remember just buying Induendo by Queen and, and No Prayer for the Dying. I remember buying the album and sitting on the train and just looking at the cover. And these things are special, you know, that I think they're yeah. special. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I was going to say that was my favourite Maiden album because I actually saw that was my first ever live band I ever saw was... Wolf Spain and I are made in, in the Newport Centre. And, you know, that sort of stuck with me forever. And, well, you know, right. don't bring I your daughter to the store. Love Wolf Spain. That's the reason. Because I remember being across that bitch barrier, wherever, 15, just thinking the excitement that, and I don't, and, and somebody mentioned it before on TV, I think it was. And we looked this morning. As a fan, the excitement of when a band comes on, like 10 seconds before they come on, is you can't describe it. I love it, and I think you don't. You can get it on other things. I get that, but to me, it's pure theatre, and that's why I didn't love the indie scene. The kind of meandering on like you're too cool for it. I'm like, I want theatre. Kiss might be not everyone's cup of tea, and I can understand all the complaints. But I'll tell you what, they'll come up. Well, maybe sometimes they'll come on with a band. You know what I mean? And yeah. And but made that that made yeah the no prayer for tour that was a blaze. But yeah, we're all Spain and. Yeah. yeah, and that's it. You just got to remember. And I, I know I remember listening to Live Fast, Die Fast. And I remember we mate listening to it going, we're going to go and see them next week, learning every song. Yeah. You know, and I think we've missed that with Donating because I think every band used to get every single album a tape. And, and even bands you didn't really like, I remember just listening. No, so all day you knew every single song. And that was special. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, and that's to me is to me is part of it. I know it's just it's still different, but it's so nice now when you're comparing it and you see you look out and you see the the middle-aged fans, let's let's be honest, I wish we got younger fans, but a lot of middle-aged fans was there and they're singing along and they thought they've not changed, and rightly so, they've not changed your 15. I'll listen to an album and you, you want to know the lyrics and you, you, you and I just think that's to me that's part of it. That's 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 the thing, isn't it? It's it's not just the album, it's not just because we're in the Spotify generation now, we just listen to track here, track here. And to me, I listen to an album like you guys start to finish. To me, it's that reminds me, I'm rambling on. We have every week, I do with mates a listening party. Have you heard of these before? No, right? It's amazing. So I thought it's going to be crap, I didn't get it, but we do it every week. There's six or seven of us, and every week we choose one of us chooses an album. And what you do is you're on Zoom chatting for about 20 minutes and then you put the cameras off and at the same time, you all play the album and you all listen to the album start to finish. And what you realise is that a lot of people, my mates, 
don't listen to albums start to finish. I don't have time. They've not done it for years. And you listen to albums you don't particularly, I would particularly listen to normally. So okay. you're thinking, going, okay, so uh, last last week it was Queen 2. And I thought, oh, yeah, I know Queen 2. But actually, I didn't know as much as I thought. And you just listen and, you, and you're forced to listen to an album. And it's, you, it's, it's amazing. And I'm discovering mm. stuff that I never even knew existed. So that's cool. Uh, yeah, no, it's, they're really interesting. They're quite, mm. and you don't have to be stuck. You can actually do other things and listen. Yeah. You know, Nick Drake. I, was like, I, I don't know anything about Nick Drake. But then we put on a Nick Drake album, and we're like, oh my God, this is really cool. You know, it's... Yeah, yeah. 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 So what did you teach then, uh, Pete? Science, uh, unfortunately. Oh. Okay. So, yeah, very boring. So you're talking like, you know, you're on stage, going, I have no eyes, and making people laugh. And even in Brixton, you're kind of all sorts of fights kicking off. There's doing this, you're trying to make jokes at people. Then 20, 12 hours later, you're talking about ionic bonding. So it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. it's a strange... <laughs> you're lighting your Bunsen burner. <laughs> strange time of life. And I think that's really important. In a way, it's nice, because it, yeah, it's that whole... You kind of feel... You feel like a really crap, uncool Superman. Clark Kent, you know, <laughs> yeah. but it's, 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 you know, it's, and I quite like that idea of the, uh, uh, the contrast, boring, yeah, and co- contrast, you know, and I like it, and I think that, like I said, I couldn't do a boring job, my nominally hard, boring job all day long, then just sit and watch EastEnders, I, yeah. I don't get it, I don't understand why I would watch the anger and just, yeah. and, and well, doing are you, something. Are you still teaching then, or? Still teaching a bit, yeah. Well, you are still teaching, oh, okay. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah. Oh. It's, it's horrendous. And uh, now I moved to Stoke, so I, I would love to do, I wanted to do it part-time, and I was going to give up, thankfully, two years ago, I was going to give it all up and just go try to be a professional comedian. So I kind of set myself up, and I, I'm willing to take that gamble, and it was good to go. And thank, not thankfully, but then I thought, oh, I'll give it a bit, 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 and then the pandemic hit. Yeah. So that was a massive bit of luck because I don't know what I would have done. Uh, yeah. So that was lucky. They were working all through the pandemic, but um, yeah, still teaching. So oh, wow. I just I'm just getting to age now that I'm I'm too old. I'm too old for being surrounded by stupid people, and I, I just it's it's, it's uh, hard yeah. and it's, the kids are tough. And <laughs> You're it, just I too just, cool for school. That's what it is. <laughs> oh, it really is. That I would do. You know what? I'm the most uncoolest person in that school, but I just don't like hard work, and I don't have. And I hope kind of nobody's watching. Uh, don't worry, think. nobody's watching. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, kind of people say, like, I go in and people say, oh, yeah, but you should go home for a lesson and ionic bonding and start to have these conversations. And they're young and they kind of go, but they don't care, you don't care. And actually, it's quite, they're quite nasty environments, not the kids, it's the high up. And it's just a weird, it's just like you get to a certain age, you realize that. Wouldn't you realise that you're not that important if you left, nobody would miss you? Yeah. And it sounds awful and grim, but it's true. It's quite nice. You kind of go, oh, I feel a bit better now. And you've got these youngsters who are desperately to be the best. And, and I was that one, I was going to be the very best. I'm going to work 20 hours a day. I'm going to be the very, very best. And it doesn't get you anywhere because I always think, Jim Carrey once said it, if you're going to fail at something, may as well fail at something that you love. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. So, and I don't want to be that person who works eighteen hour days, slobs his guts out to be, give the best lesson on crude oil I can, and yeah. I go bed at night and go, yeah, okay, well, I didn't actually. I loved doing the six. I loved doing the pastoral stuff, and I was head of sixth form, and I loved all that stuff. But yeah, I, I just I don't love science, so okay. I gave it up. If you're watching, I'm not kidding. So have you ever had any of your um, students? come into any of your gigs 
Yeah, once years ago. Oh, it was, it, now, now another story. It's okay, but when I was doing this, I had a, a solo gig. It was like an hour show. And uh, <laughs> there's a bit in it. I, I'm not offensive, but my language can be quite colourful. And I just saw, and I just saw in the crowd, you can't really see the lights work. I couldn't see, but I saw this like year nine girl sitting there and I thought, and then I panicked. I thought, oh my God, if she's here, who else is here? Oh my yeah, God, yeah. so I carried on. And it was fine. And then as I came out, the dad was there. And now I know him quite well. And he said, oh, I'm really sorry. I tried to catch you before. Uh, I'm really hoping you didn't see us. But I'm a musician. You might not knew that. And she's a musician. And I, I want to get her involved in the open mic nights. So this is what, and, and she knows you performing. And actually, this would be good. So, but she'll be really professional at school. But unfortunately, because he didn't have that conversation before, he just started on stage. And you're thinking, going, oh, this, this joke involves a C-bomb. No, yeah. this is the end of my career. And the other time was I was in there, the kids said to me, school, sir, you're in the Sutton Guardian on the on the on the on the, uh, the front page sitting on the toilet. I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not. I'm one of them brought it out, and I, and I was. Uh, and of course, but the kids, the kids now don't really know. I don't care. They just yeah. don't care. They're not on YouTube. They don't care. All they all they care about is YouTube. It's I find it quite sad, and partly the book. But in the old days, 25 years ago, I was teaching. I think they, they kind of liked it a bit more. And, and I taught once. I did uh, stand-up lessons for a while in an adult education centre. And this came from, in the school I was at, I said, I'm going to offer stand-up comedy gigs at the end of Tuesday Night Work for Enrichment. And it was full of really, really quiet Asian girls who never had the chance to actually just be themselves. And that was great. So in doing so, I ran an adult education centre for six weeks. Uh, stand-up comedy lessons, which was the best thing I've ever done. That was amazing. Seeing, and then I gave them a chance. I said, right, I'm doing a gig. You want to come on stage? And one day, the other other ones didn't, but they didn't care. They, they performed themselves. And seeing the transformation between six adults, I was eight, eight adults from week to week to week, and seeing the confidence build. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was, that was, I would, that was incredible. Yeah, yeah. yeah that sounds really good. Yeah, that was fun. It was a, a woman there with Tourette's, and she was always too scared to speak. <laughs> and, uh, it was great and I said oh you've got to go up and she didn't swear right yeah and she was shy but she was really embarrassed about how she tricks her and I said why are you embarrassed blah, blah, blah. and after the whole course she was on stage and, and honestly seeing her her eyes were like and uh, it was so nice her boyfriend was sitting there and he was so proud and I thought actually I've not done anything I've yeah. just let you I've just gave you a stage for eight nine hours I've said go and play really yeah. you know yeah. and that's yeah. the, and I just thought wow that so that was that was great yeah, people with speech impediments is a funny one, you know. I used to have a guy come in my bar and uh, he used to have a really bad stammer. And he, and he, for love nor money, he couldn't get his words out, especially when he had a few beers, you know. But I put him on a karaoke and he could sing perfectly, you know. So it's, it's obviously all about your breathing. So every yeah. time he'd come to the bar and he'd, and he'd order a drink or he'd want to chat with me or something, and we were in the same dance team together and stuff, I'd say to him, Peter, just sing it, mate. If you want to say something to me, just sing it to me. You know, he would sing it to me and it would come out perfect. So I would love it if you two had an argument. You were quick. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, oh, this is the worst musical ever. <laughs> Who, me? Yes, you. Yes, you. What are you looking at? What are you going to do about it? <laughs> yeah, it's <was> really funny. <laughs> oh. so, we, so we've covered... The comedian, the compere, the DJ, the author. The one I'm interested in as well then is, is the life coach, which um, 
I've done a, yeah, done a bit so of beginner is, research, but I've not really been able to find too much on that. Yeah, I've not done, so this is this is quite an interesting one. So what I do is, uh, it's an interesting field. So I did a master's uh, not long ago, and I kind of help out a lot of people in bands, have emailed, especially in bands, have just emailed me, messaged me, have a kind of a chat, get things sorted out. I need to, you, you might be able to help me, you might not. So I did, I did this for about a year. I've been doing this for a bit. So then I decided to advertise that a little bit. And all it is, it's a strange one. It's people, so say I do six weeks, but it doesn't have to be six weeks. And I think a lot of people have got things you want to organise, their thoughts or ideas or aims or goals or whatever. But we all know at home, it's unrealistic to say, oh, well, you can talk to your partner about this. Because when you've been working all day long and you've got things on your mind, you end up just complaining and moaning and whinging. And people at home have got other things to, to worry about. So really it's a sounding board. And so a lot of people will come up and every week they'll, they'll discuss the week, what's gone on. We'll look at strategies to see if it makes it better. And then the week after, and, you, and what I'll do is I text them and I message them and say, have you done this? Have you tried doing this? And it's having that person there who'll listen, but who won't try to fix it. Because we all know, and, and be men, and I'm the same. If my partner says to me, oh my God, this happened at work. I won't sit and listen. I'll try to fix it. Well, try to do this. I try to do, which isn't helping. So yeah. I think it's it's really there, somebody to listen to, to kind of set it all out and somebody kind of away from it. So I'm like, well, try doing this and I've done this and how would you feel doing this? So, and actually it's really nice. And everyone who sort of, the, sort of I hate the word clients, but the clients come up, I've always came back because it's like, oh, actually it's just that, it's that touching base. It's kind of peace of mind. It's putting things, I'm quite lucky. I'm in a very good place. Um, like most people kind of suffer from mental health issues, but I do a lot of techniques. I didn't realize how much what I do to keep myself in a really good place. And I didn't realize how hard I work at it. I just I forgot, you know, so I get up at half five, five every morning. No matter what, even if I'm not working, I'll get up at half five, five every morning. I love, I love the hour of just doing nothing. To me, it's, I, I don't realize how much I need it. And you'll laugh at this, and this is the most unlocking little thing ever. But if I'm busy working and busy doing gigs, and I'm doing like she called the world, and I've got four days of going from stage to stage to stage, and it's beer and it's rock and roll, and I love it. When I get home four or five days later, and I need to just calm down and I can't sleep, this is the weirdest thing ever. Underneath my sofa, I've got a jigsaw mat, and I'll do a jigsaw. I'll put on like an album, any album for an hour, and I'll do a jigsaw for 50, wait, 56, 50 minutes. And I don't, I don't even know. It's like, just like meditation. And then I just put it away and I'll sleep like a baby. So little things like that I've learned to do. And, you know, like a lot, like I mentioned before, and I've admired before, miserable. I didn't realise I was. I just thought, yeah, but life's okay. Life's average. That's what it should be. We're adults. Yeah. That's, that's grown up. And I've realised now it doesn't have to be like that. Actually, every single person, somebody dies who's a celebrity. I actually, I, I, it kind of makes you think, doesn't it? Oh my God, life's quite short. So, yeah, so I kind of just give advice and try to be helpful and try to listen. And just like, I've got one person now. So I've said, she always said, oh my God, the week's been awful. It's been crap. It's been awful. So all right, we've cocked through it. It's about every day, mark out of 10 and just message me nine o'clock every day. So on a Sunday, she go, oh my God, it's been awful. It's been awful. And you kind of go, about, well, and I do this a little bit as well. And I look at, I go, but I've got all your scores and all like six and sevens and eights. And what happens is they've had one bad day in one bad moment. And they've just, as we do, we concentrate just on that. And yeah. we forget yeah. that everything else has been amazing. 
Yeah. So yeah, it's just getting that, trying to get the best out of people and trying to make people realise that there's ways to be happier. It's not, they're not easy, but there's definitely ways. And we deserve that. We deserve to be happier. We can't say, yeah, but you know what I mean? I'm nearly 50 and I've got this and this and this and I don't really deserve to be happy. You know, life's tough for everyone. Because life shouldn't be that tough, really. You know what I mean? Yeah, but people, people do tend to concentrate on the negatives, you know. It's like having a crap Christmas present when you were 14. You only remember the crap one, but you never remember the good ones, you know? It's true. And it's like the social media I've managed. And I was talking to Nicky about this, Nicky Smash about this. My social media uh, is a lovely place to be in. It's all positive. And it's funny because people say things like social media is a cesspit and stuff. Can be. For me, every time I see something negative or not nice, I just unfollow, unfollow, unfollow. Right now, my Facebook, it's just full of positive stuff. Now, people will say, yeah, but that's not real. But actually it is because in life you try to be around, but you can't help being around negative people yeah, yeah. in their life. But in socials, you're, you're in complete control of that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You can see exactly what you want to see. So yeah. it's funny, isn't it? I just, and obviously last weekend when Philip passed away, it was full of negative stuff. And I thought to myself, do you know what? I'm just not going to go on socials today. It's my choice. Yeah. Because I'm not going to get annoyed or I'm not going to get upset or I'm not going to do this. And I, you forget it. I know I'm just as bad as anybody. Actually, we control that. That's yeah, our choice. Yeah, yeah. And it's people just like to complain. You're right. And then people just jump on that one thing. It's like the whole, oh my God, we're going to go to this festival. Yes, yes, yes. And it's just that <laughs> one comment. Oh, yes, it's going to be cancelled. <laughs> Again, but you focus on that one thing. Like, I was going towards it. And yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes you just strap people away from it and say, listen, do you know what? It's all right. Life's all right. Yeah, yeah. Well, we started following you on Twitter today, so uh, we'll probably get we would we'll probably be deleted by you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really. I, I kind of go on social media, post things. I posted something today. They're really happy, positive, and just jumped off it. I've not looked at it since. But like I said, if somebody picks up on it and goes, "That makes me happy," that's cool. And sometimes it's difficult, isn't it? I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, and you just have to go. Do you know what? Yeah, I don't bother. I don't concentrate on the negative shit, to be honest. And you can't, you, know, you realise that life's just too short and yeah. you can't, yeah. otherwise, it'll be like a massive radio, your life will be like a Radiohead album. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, it would. Tough going. Yeah. Some 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 wonderful pieces in there, but tough going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Showing at the bends. Yeah, you know what, this is great, but what I could do without, you know, I don't want to live life like a Smith's album. I want to just... Oh, no, definitely not. Poison album. Oh. I don't care if it's rubbish or not. I don't care if Brett Michaels, the CC Deville, is a fat man who's pretending he's not a fat man. I don't care. I'm yeah. happy. Yeah, <laughs> you know? get out and listen to the Big Dirty Man. They'll cheer you up. Oh, I yeah. do. I know that, and, and they're they're interesting characters, aren't they? I don't know if I, I don't know if I want to live my life by beer album. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I think one of them's never very rarely got any clothes on, and at my age, it's never a good thing. <laughs> not after you're in lockdown anyway <laughs> yeah 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 calm down. certainly not after lockdown so. <laughs> all right then mate well, got any well, more Dave? One, yeah, I've got one one last question and then um, you know I, I will understand all the socials and where we can get your books and stuff so I do I watch YouTube a fair bit and I, I love Kevin Bridges and a few of the other guys and um, there was a bit of a thing on there the one day about the best heckles so what's what's the sort of best heckles you've had from an audience when you've been doing your stand-up or See, you know, even on your funny. radio show heckles are funny because i love heckle i love a heckle but heckles are interesting because uh 
like anything you can imagine, right? As a comedian secret here, if you're going to get air cool, chances are it's from a bloke. Chances are he's trying to impress someone and chances are he's not very funny. So with these three things, right, you know you're going to win. And there are a few cracking heckles. But in the in stand-up show himself, my solo ones, it's interesting because it's, if you all you need to do, if you've got a heckle, you can't think, usually you can just outsmart them really quickly, but if you can't think or you're doing this, all you need to do is compliment the person they're with while insulting them, and the whole world hits them. And it's not quite a heckle, but I remember once at a Reading Festival, this is about five years ago, and I'll never forget it, and uh, I wish I knew this guy's name. I was there with my best mate, man, watching a band, and this kid, he must have been 20, 1920, with a gang of mates, quite posh, but that's fine, turned around and said to me, me and my mate, oh, it's amazing you two can stand, you're so old. So I thought, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll ignore that, maybe you can talk about somebody else. And then he turned around again and goes, oh, 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 and he said something else, so I ignored it. And then he said, oh, God, oh, the old people are here. So I had enough of it, right? So I took the mick up, he was wearing loafers for a start, and I took the mick up, right? I took a mick of what he was wearing, and I took a mick at him, and I took a mick, and I was like, oh, obviously, I can't be a girlfriend, because she seemed really nice, and your mates seem normal. And I got to a stage after 20 minutes, all his mates were laughing, his girlfriend were herself. He started crying, right? So I carried on, and I could right, and I wasn't shouting, I wasn't, but I was thinking, I was on form, I must admit. And he started crying. Then my best mate went, oh, you picked the wrong person, because he's a stand-up comic. And this kid's up going, oh, that's not fair. It's <laughs> <laughs> not fair. Most of the people would punch you in the face. Yeah. Like, oh, would you yeah. fair that? It's like, I bet you would. So, and it was kind of, it was like the heckle, just like, it, to me, and you get some weird ones. I did a gig in London once, and it was, wasn't just me, but I was headlining. And there's two men standing there at the bar, just miserable faces. Like, and at the end of the gig, they laughed at my stuff and they liked my work, which is great. And at the end, I went, we thought this was going to be rubbish. So well done. No, you paid six quid a ticket. Why? Why would you? So people just like to be miserable. But the heck, was that a few? But the big one was Away With Sons. And that was a huge one because I never felt so glad and sad at the same time. It was over Wolverhampton. And I mentioned Gene Simmons. Yes. Yeah, somebody shouted out. It was... Uh, uh, Ross, it was a no now. Ryan Garsh out now. And that was great. And then as the tour went on, even before I got to that joke, people shouted out, right? So it was it was a great thing about everyone together, everyone was happy. But that night I got home, social was just going mad. This guy had ruined the whole set. He had done and I thought the, the rock crowd, one thing they're not used to going to stand up stand-up comedian. As a stand-up comedian, I love a good heckle, right? Yeah. But one, you know, so I actually had to, I had to message him and say, he apologised. I said, mate, you don't have to apologise. That was amazing. It wasn't too much. It was nice. But I always, when, I'm get, when I do get heckles at a gig, on one of my gigs, and we give a bit of banter back, I always make sure, just before the end, we give each other a massive hug uh, in front of everyone, just because I don't want anyone leaving. Uh, I'm not, sometimes, one guy was heckling me, Carl Shorten, and I know this guy, right? And nothing wrong with it. He pushes, he works in uh, Asda, putting trolleys in there. But I was chatting to him, I go, what do you do? And he, and he said, oh, I, I work in HSBC. And I thought, I know you don't. <laughs> but then I thought, I can't say that, because that's perfect. Then that's perfect. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, that kind of yeah. going, you know, you, and, you, and I was trying to be funny, and I was trying to be witty, and I was trying to give him a hard time, but I really wanted to go, you liar. And I thought, I can't, that's, <laughs> that's going to upset him, you know. Yeah. Maybe you change jobs and he's now the door opener. Well, yeah, that's it. I thought to myself, you're lying about what he's doing. And I just felt sorry for him. He was with someone and I thought, how easy for this to go, 
by the way, he actually doesn't do what he says he does. Yeah. And I thought, actually, no, because then I'm going to, like I said before, I still want that person to leave. Yeah, and happy. Yeah. Yeah. Me, great, I don't care. They, they're left happy. Yeah, There's nothing yeah, worse yeah. than, you know, it's like seeing a family argument. You don't yeah. want to get in that state. You know, you kind of, we've all been the com- co- comedians and they go, oh, I feel a bit uncomfortable now. I hate that. Yeah, I just thinking, yeah. that's, I've been, I've been there. I said it to Simon Amstel's show once. I love Simon Amstel. And I was so uncomfortable and I thought, I, I don't, I'm feeling that. I just want to be out, out of this. You know, yeah. I, I, I went to see, to, yeah. I went to see Lenny Henry and I slept all the way through it. He was boring, man. <laughs> God. <laughs> Snore? Huh? Did you snore? I probably did. <laughs> <laughs> I woke up and he was finished. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny when you, when you mentioned the, the bit about the wayward sons, because I'm good mates with Ross. So I was one of the guys who was watching all the socials. So the first time I saw you, you was saw- in the police. And as soon as you said Gene Simmons, I was probably the first one in the audience to shout out. Because I was on funny. socials. He shouted at Wanker and Toby yeah, Jebson hated it. it. And I thought, hold on, you've got this out of context. He shouted out during my set, not the way of the sons. Two, yeah. it was it was to respond to a joke. And actually, a joke that was an okay joke was made magnificent because of us. Yeah. And that's that as simple as that, and that's it. That's how stand-up comedy works. I couldn't have planned it. It was, and then the, the time we got to Wales, it was oh, the, the fleece, and then they got to Wales, and I didn't. Even, I think it was like five slides before. It was like, and I thought, this is this is brilliant. <laughs> I love this, and I thought, didn't they look on the Gene Simmons and me or both? I didn't care. It's like this is funny. This now we've got to a stage now that we're all together. Yeah, this is like everyone in a pub. You know what I mean? Yeah, this yeah. is, and that's that's the the beauty of stand up. And I think I like to do my stand up, my new tour I'm doing. I have got this thing at the end. We're celebrating venues, and at the end, I uh, I, I take everybody literally. So it's free. I'm not charging tickets, but instead, I walk to the bar, and hopefully, everyone will be at the bar. And the second half of the gig is a full hour gig, but the second hour is everyone just having a good time and drinking. Yeah, yeah, you know, because actually that's part of the thing, isn't it? To be around people. So when you say, is everyone, you're designed with the bar, right? Let's we'll walk down to the bar and just that's it, we're all here and we're, yeah, we're yeah. mates. This is yeah. this is what we're going to be doing. That's what the Wayward Sons felt like. It felt like a bunch of guys. Well, it was a bunch of people who knew the score, who knew the script, who are just going through it. And that's what was so great about it. And yeah, as a comedian, yeah. it's weird because when you know they know what when they know what's coming, it's like anything, it makes it a bit easier. Yeah, you know what yeah. to expect, and you can you can then push it a bit further and a bit further because they know you. You know, yeah, yeah, it's scary yeah. when you when you're in a new situation and you're thinking, I don't know what to do here. And it's yeah. so nice when you go, I can just push that little bit, a little bit, that little bit. Yeah, I can take yeah. the mic, and people know I'm taking the mic, and it's not me. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's right. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's how we're really trying to lead this podcast. You know, we started this podcast, but we try to keep it really informal. You know, and and it's like yeah. Uh, Rather than sitting there like you're on fucking mastermind for uh, for an hour, you know, it's like uh, I think you know we're just trying to build build a community, try to build a group of group of people, bring them together, and I mean it's you know it's not going to be just musicians, it's going to be all sorts of people like yourself also, you know, and yeah. hopefully we can I won't I won't say transmit a message, but hopefully we can just get a community together. Everybody will know each other in the end, and uh, everybody will have a good time. And I include our guests. 
you know? Just being just being in when you wouldn't when pubs do open or venues do reopen and they get in there now. You know each other. You feel it's funny, isn't it? Because I still on Facebook sometimes people will still put posts out saying, I'm off to the Wayward Sons, I'm off to this band, but I'm going on my own. Uh I'm going to a festival, am I gonna be okay? And everyone if says, Oh my god, yes, as a community, we'll be best mates the time we finish. But you, you read it and you know that's true. But you also know this person, like, oh, they're just saying that. But it's so true, isn't it? Yeah, and yeah. the Wayward Sons gigs with it, with it. But I felt like I was more of a Wayward Sons fan. I was I was welcomed into that gang yeah. more than I deserve to be. But that's like the podcast, like doing this. People just end up, people, you, you go to a festival, you go, oh, yeah, it's the other guys in the podcast. And that's what you want, isn't it? People, yeah. Yeah. Life, like I said, life's too short. You just go on and smile a bit and, and get to know people and... Have a drink. Yeah. Well, I think that will punch you in the face. So <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yeah. I remember what you said about Wales being a crap Scotland. That's going, yeah. Oh, that's Chris Barris. He's fierce. <laughs> I can never have Chris Barris. So... Right. Yeah, Chris, Chris Barris is funny though, because Chris Barris, see the photos like big he's big like cage fighter. But when you see him in real life, he kind of looks more like a hairdresser. If he wasn't yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. he'd take this bit out. But uh, if, do you know what I mean? You kind of go, he doesn't look, I bet he's tough quite a bit, anybody's tough a bit of me. But you know, you kind of go, hold on, you're not. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I seen him on a, on a video the other day uh, giving an interview to some woman and uh, yeah, there's, there's golden long, long locks. <laughs> Jealous, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> I'm definitely I hate, jealous. I hate not having him. <laughs> but I, have to, I keep the hat on because otherwise I look like oh my ginger lily. So I just think about it. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be singing about Dr. Martin's a bit. Oh, I know, I know, I do. People, people once said, Alexis say, oh my ginger lily, but that's all fine. But it's when people call me bust a blood vessel that I get upset. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Brilliant. Then. Yeah, it's good. I enjoyed that. Thank you very much for coming on, Pete. Oh, man, thanks yeah, for having brilliant. me. Honestly, it's always a, a, a pleasure. Thank you, Pete. I, uh, really looking forward to seeing Give you. Give us your uh, socials, man. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, my socials, I suppose it's the Facebook, Pete K. Marley. It's, I'll, I'll be honest with Pete K. Marley. Pete K. Marley. I've got a page and I've got, well, now Facebook's changed. I just appear to have two, two, I used to have a page and me, but now I've just got two of me, I think. So okay. Pete K. Marley. On Twitter, it's Pete K. Marley. Pete K. Marley 5. Yeah. Instagram. I think you have the Insta. Don't know. Pete K. Marley. And I've got a website. Well, don't say w- gram. <laughs> yeah, 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 Instagram. And I've got, yeah, because it's such a long word. And I think I've got a website, www.petekmarley.co.uk. Although I've not used the website for a while. I need to. And, and that's it, I think. And TikTok, I still haven't got, uh, no. No, not I, me. I can't I wouldn't even know. Shit I, I, do you know what? I respect everyone who uses it, but I just look at it and go, Again, I go, <laughs> you know, <laughs> if Keith from WDFD can use it, I can use it. But I, yeah. the time I manage to use it, it'll be like finished and something else will be on. I've just figured out Friends Reunited. Do you know that? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll just think about Facebook have taken yeah. it over. Yeah, and Pete came early. And I'm on, like I said, I'm on MMH every Saturday. I've got my own radio show. It's an hour, Saturday 10 to 11. It's just a lot of music and me chatting a little bit. And it's a really easy, chilled out day, you know, start to Saturday. Yeah, yeah. And, cool, but yeah, yeah, and Amazon on Amazon, of course, go on Amazon, PK Mali. That's where that's where I can make my millions or like last month, make 22 pence. Uh, <laughs> I, I sold loads of books in January and February. 
because Inspire was out. So I was like, yeah, yeah, I am, I am. That's it now. I'm successful. I made 22p in March. So yeah, what are new? Great. What are new uh, release my audio books? Do you know what? That's quite a good idea. I'm a bit annoyed. I, I released right the call. I released the call and I called it Recall. And I because Call of the Wild is in June, July, and I'm comparing it. I changed it so it's called the Wild 2021, and I changed all the bands, and it took me God ages and ages and ages. Changed loads of bands, and I, I got rid of some bands and put new bands in, and I really did it, and I sent it all off to Amazon, and email back saying, "No, sorry, it's too similar than the last one." Oh, okay. So I thought, oh God, and I could just re-edit it as well. Yeah. But it's, yeah, audiobooks. That's the thing. I think uh, yeah, but if you want it, the good thing is you've got Amazon. If you've got on Amazon, what's it called when it's Kindle Direct or whatever. I get paid by the page. So if you've got Kindle Direct, just go on it and just, I would love you to read the books, but if not, just flick through every page. And that'd be <laughs> yeah. amazing. Don't charge me a 10 <laughs> Well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll, I'll order the call tonight. That's the one we've oh, been yes. so I will order your book tonight. That's amazing. Then, uh, That'd be once brilliant. I've read it, then perhaps you could come back on and we can have a chat about the book. Absolutely. So why is it so rubbish? Oh. Well, look, <laughs> you recognise the way what's on, the boys are in it. Uh, I've put loads of people, bands in there. So what I'm hoping is people know a lot of bands in there, but also the call. People go, and people have done the version of me and said, oh, who's this band? Oh, I want to check them out. So that's quite nice. Yeah, so there's a chapter in it that's that set out where with Sun's gig. Okay, cool, cool. I'll do that. I'll order that tonight. No, I see. I knew my day. I knew my day wasn't. I knew it was going to be a good day. Speaking <laughs> to you guys, somebody sold my book. The chicken's not burnt. I don't think it gets any better. <laughs> All right, thanks, man. Been a pleasure to have you on. Yeah, you too. Thanks again. Yeah, I'll see you soon. And I'll keep in touch. Speak to you yeah. soon. Thank you. Yes, How was that, mate? Good. Yeah. Yeah, nice, nice guy, isn't he? Yes, he yeah, he is. He's nice awesome. Guy. He's right, really nice. He said, um, "What was what was nice was when I met him in the in the fleece. He does. He, he wanders around the crowd and stuff. So." Yeah, um, yeah. You know, whilst I was waiting for Wayward Sons to come on, then I was having a beer and a and a chat with him and a photo and stuff. Yeah, he's great, really nice guy. Cool. I like. He had to nip off and turn his chicken off. I had to nip off and take some painkillers. That's what it was. Is it? Oh, which fucking chest is killing me? <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, oh man, I and I. Oh. You got record back on. I never turned it off. Oh, did you? <laughs> you just let me blow my nose now. Brilliant. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing I didn't share you yeah. So when, during the gig, Pete gave me that. So part of the um, saliva, set, he was taking a mick out of the drummer saying how much he was sweating. Oh. So he, and he took a swig of it and he said, oh, that's Phil's sweat. So uh, okay. he threw it, he threw it to us. And like, I caught that and I still got it. That's oh. how much a, a sad fan I am. Like, I keep everything. <laughs> 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 All right, well, I'm going to cut the record and then... Uh... Okay. Hang on then, <laughs> because I'm just fucking useless at this recording bit. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully you can learn how to edit it as well. You are, our, you are our techno wizard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>